0: KMOX at your service. Welcome to the Helotech Waterproofing Home Improvement Show, presented by Suburban Leisure Center on Olive, one mile west of 141. Now, here's your host, Scott Mosby, on KMOX.
1: And good morning, good Saturday, good weather is upon us. My golly, maybe sunshine is going to stick with us a little bit. Home improvement, we have two full hours. You are today's topic. Questions and answers abound. Ten phone lines for your calls. We have two hours. Call in with any questions, ideas, or topics you may wish to discuss regarding anything around your home, the office, the buildings, all the places, the indoor environments or the outside, where we are living. More now than ever before. Phone lines, 10 of them, I promise. All of them right here for you. 314-436-7900. 436-7900. Toll free anywhere on the globe. 800-925-1120. 800-925-1120. Good weather. An opportunity to get outside. uh, Work in the yard a little bit. Maybe clean up the deck, the patio, the driveway. Organize, clean out that garage garage for all the things as we are uh, really working from home, uh, staying uh, socially distanced, all those other terms that put us and keep us in our homes and around our homes more than usual. What projects do you have? I will answer any questions, share any knowledge and experience, any products that I or my coworkers at Mosby Building Arts use. And if I don't know the answer, I'll question the radio listening audience, the family of Camo X knows some stuff. Uh, and there are 30,000 to 50,000 of you right now that are listening and might have a few answers. So I am not the only source of information. I will offer you whatever I can. Uh, and uh, obviously, this is a time for working around the home. Do-it-yourselfers, bring it on. New homeowners, yes, indeed. All you hear about the younger generation not buying homes, Oh, they're buying homes now. How about some really, really low interest rates? Yeah. So remodeling, home buying, and all sorts of other improvements, believe it or not, are pretty busy. Uh, We have socially distanced uh, visits, virtual uh, design sessions where selections are being made at Mosby Building Arts. So it's kind of interesting how many trends that were moving ahead uh, are rapidly happening. Uh, we have been remodeling homes for clients really across the globe, uh, folks that would move from St. Louis for business transfers and such, still lived up abroad, and we would work through the Internet and do selections, virtual meetings, phone meetings, all those sorts of things, uh, and send literally samples across the sea for their choice and confirmation. Now... With social distancing, all this COVID stuff going on, we're up and ready, running and going. So there is quite a bit to be done. Uh, My message to you is, despite the economy opening back up, it still takes a while to plan a good project. And if you fail to plan... You know what they say, sometimes that's planning to fail. So make sure that anything you do, whether you are the DIY person who's performing it on a do-it-yourself basis, or you have a contractor or a friend or maybe a few friends that are helping, make sure you have all of the selections, all of the paint colors, light switch, cover cover plate colors selected, uh, where the switching and the wiring is to be handled, what the floor material is, how thick that floor material is, which defines how how tall the uh, sub-base or the underlayment for that type of floor is. For example, a ceramic tile floor would typically take a uh, sub-base like a cement or a concrete board, half an inch thick, plus three-eighths of an inch of tile and bedding perhaps, so your fl- your floor is coming up seven-eighths inch to an inch That really affects cabinetry, baseboards, uh, lighting countertops, work heights, uh, dishwasher fitting underneath the countertop in the kitchen or your refrigerator sliding into that opening in your cabinets, all those things. So my point is, if you're not thinking about that now, you are choosing to collide and have a collision of thinking about it later when things are tough to change. So indeed, um, I'm an advocate for planning the work, work and the plan it's uh, very important to do it that way my company Mosby Building Arts um, which was founded in 1947 we've done this business pretty much every which way good bad and ugly to the point where we which we have come down to you know planning the work planning the work replan the work plan the work order the material check the material make sure things are coming in because the supply chain being as it is everything was built on just in time and then you shut down you know the world, and there, what that means is there's not a whole lot of inventory of anything anywhere. And nobody's making it. So, you know, the longer times for projects, my point is I'm advocating that if you have a project in mind, get started early. Get started now, if nothing else. Hopefully you're already in line, you know, with doing all the projects because uh, it's a busy day. 314-436-7900, 800-925-1120. Today's topic is where we spend more and more time as we're at home. Bathrooms, self-care, showers, uh, accessible showers. Do you know what a curbless shower is? Zero entry. You might think of it as a wheelchair. But if you ever have a twisted knee or a sore hip, you will know that that little three or four inch curb, that step over shower base, <laughs> that's a tall place. And then if you're stepping into a tub for a tub shower combination, the older we get, the taller the side of that bathtub is. And if you're an athlete, young one, it all matters as well. 314-436-7900-800-925-1120. Lights switching. Lighted mirrors. What kind of illumination do you want in your bathroom? How do you get it started? What kind of a shower head do you want? What kind of shower pressure do you have in your water supply system to your house? What does it look like? What would the floor be? All those things matter, whether you're doing it yourself or hiring somebody else to help. Now, architecture, interior design, uh, certified bath designer, certified kitchen design all that stuff uh, denotes and depicts a person or a set of skills that has been put together so that those planning things can be done and recorded properly because even if you know the right answer, If you don't write it down and you don't communicate it to the whole team, The right answer does no good because nobody knows. So it's important how you disseminate that information. Uh, Small projects, when there's only one or two people, it's easy. You just speak to them. But ordering those materials up front matters. 314-436-7900-800-925-1120. Another thing around uh, how to uh, plan for outdoor spaces. I spoke of this last week. Front porches. Front porches are a big deal. The lighting, Dusted Dawn lighting. Uh, how you arrange for the door is the door big enough and then all the walls inside big enough for emergency services yeah you know it matters getting a gurney in and out if you call the fire department they're coming in they need to get in and out uh we talk about egress windows for lower levels and basements that's important and as we get into this wet 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 season flashing water leaks uh, on the walls, on the ceilings, whatever it is, and as the temperature warms up and we start running that air conditioning system, if it's humid in St. Louis, that air conditioning system, any bare metal up in that attic, will condense, cause water, condensation, droplet form, sit down on your plaster or drywall ceilings, and it looks like your roof is leaking, but in fact, it's not. 314-436-7900, 800-925-1120. Phone calls next here on KMOX. My name is Scott Mosby. I am at your service and pleased to be with you this Saturday morning. Scott Mosby, we'll be right back.
0: Welcome back to the Helotech Waterproofing Home Improvement Show, presented by Suburban Leisure Center on Olive, one mile west of 141. Now, once again, Scott Mosby on KMOX.
1: All right, back together, beautiful day, wonderful weather yesterday. Off we go for today and the weekend. Little rain coming up the middle of the week next week, so bend down the hatches. We're not done quite yet. Uh, 314-436-7900, 800-925-1120. My name is Scott Mosby. This is my 22nd, 23rd year, something like that. Uh, It's a long time. I've enjoyed uh, doing this here on KMOX. I was very intimidated and worried At the outset, when offered the position, I thought, how can I know all those answers? Well, you can't. So it's okay not to know. When I don't know, I ask for help, and I generally learn something. So, uh, you know, that and then how kind would people be? How, you know, how uh, accepting and, in and, 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 well, it's the family of KMOX. Everybody sends a hug, even with disagreeing comments. So I love it. 314-436-7900-800-925-1120. Let's turn right to the phone lines. Fire up the uh, uh, generator here. Come on, Bosco, a little faster. Need about f- three more. What? There we go. We're over 50 thousand watts and ready for my friend ben ben good morning welcome to camo x my friend how many help you
2: hi good morning i've got two large double hung windows in my family room and one of the glass uh, um,
3: cartridges i guess whatever
2: uh is foggy so it needs to be replaced and i had a bid on replacing that and then i asked them about low e should i replace all four panes with low e And which, of course, they suggested, they said it's a good idea. So that's why I'm asking you, as far as the difference, we face west. And in the afternoon, you can really feel that heat coming in. Uh, We've got blinds, of course, on the windows. And about four feet over is my dining area where I have a sliding glass door. I've got verticals on there. That's not a problem. But in the family room, yeah, in the afternoon, you feel that heat. So, is it worth putting in the low E on all four or just replace that one um, uh, and get rid of that uh, uh, fog in this?
1: Well uh Ben great question um because that you're asking all the right answers um number 1 the highest return on investment for low e glass is west facing because it is basically a heat reflective uh membrane that goes on that glass so uh now is the time uh so at least that hot window facing west, or, you know west that afternoon sun when the sun gets low even in the in the summertime when you know west pounding sun comes in, and in the wintertime, you know, the sun's low on the horizon, you get it even more. So definitely that one. Here's the issue that plays into this, Ben. Lowey glass is a different color. That coating is slight, um, but sometimes, you know how you look at a uh, an office building, a glass building, and sometimes the glass is green, and sometimes it's kind of a, a dark, uh, um, almost um, blackish gray tone. Those yeah. are the differences in the glass coating. So when you order or buy low-E glass, you can pick up another 15%. But I would propose it's even higher than that on savings because your insulation gains you some. But when you're getting direct sunlight, you know, to reject and bounce that off, that's an important thing. But think about the room. Sometimes you have to buy the whole room in low-E um, to kind of get the colors or at least be aware from a consumer standpoint, they're going to be a little bit different color. Usually from the outside in, the inside out, you kind of don't notice it so much because you're in the dark side of it. When the outside is is bright, that's where the color difference is.
2: We have some other windows in the bedroom, but I'm not going to worry about that because we're, never, we're not in there during the day. But, yeah, so um, even having that, Glass door a couple feet away, like I said, that I don't feel the heat in that dining room area like I do in the living room. So you'd, re, mm-hmm. you'd recommend replace all four instead of just the one clear yeah. one, replace all four because the price is just four times what the other one would be. And it's reasonable, you know, mm-hmm. so I'm not really worried about that. And then the windows themselves are fine. Uh, it's just uh, just replacing the glass. So you, you'd suggest replace all four.
1: Absolutely. I mean, this is, uh, you know, this is compliments of NASA. That's the kind of reflective heat technology that was, you know, developed back in the 60s and 70s with the space shots and all that. So, you know, that's some high-tech stuff. Um, you know, just be aware of the color um, and and okay. do it by room, if you will, and it matters. You can also have, um, you know, 3M has products and they're glass uh, coatings that you, you can actually put on glass if you're not ready to, um, you know, change those windows. So, you know, maybe for the patio door, it matters a little bit. Well, you know, that that's hundreds of dollars instead of thousands of dollars. So you have other gotcha. options as well.
2: Okay. Thank you very much.
1: Okay, Ben. Good luck, my friend. Thank you. All right. Bye-bye. Now, one thing I will say, uh, two things about low glass and this uh, heat-reflecting technology, HRT. Um, <laughs> this is a funny one. Uh, about eight years ago, when, when low-E really took hold and vinyl siding became pretty much the only thing, think what happens if you now have a mediocre piece of glass on your house and the sun comes down, and the glass, the sun reflects off that poor window. Most of the heat comes through into your house. Now you do this whiz-bang, low-E stuff, and you pretty much repel, bounce, or reflect that heat. And since it's uh, insulated glass, it's usually some sort of an inert glass, sometimes a vacuum. Well, that will put a convex or a bend in on that um, glass window. And if the sun hits just right, neighbors are getting the siding melted off the side of their house. So, Ben, be aware of that, but uh, I I thought it was the craziest thing I ever heard of, and then I thought about the logic behind it. It's like, holy smokes, of course it will. And then with the convex shaping of the glass, not only do you just reflect that heat, but you actually isolate it. It's kind of like using a magnifying glass on the sun to where, because of the shape, the curved shape of the glass on that magnifier, it intensely um, focuses all the heat in one small place. So. So it's a big deal. It really does matter but the biggest thing to pay attention to is the color. Make sure you change the colors on all of those uh, in that glass in the same room and then as well as those colors if you buy a, um, a membrane that goes on the glass in an aftermarket, you know, glass company comes over and puts on this whiz-bang uh, thing which works pretty well, that's a different color than the lowe glass you buy from ABC Window Company or XYZ Window, whatever it is so be aware that you know, heat-reflecting technology is not all the same color and same look. Uh, anyway, there you go. 314-436-7900, 800-925-1120. Uh, let's fire up and see what's going with my friend uh, Gene. Hey, Gene, good morning. Welcome to CAMWX, my friend. How can I help?
4: Hi. My house is uh, about 20 years old, and they put a patio on a backyard uh, door, mm-hmm. and that patio has uh, sunk. It was the first level, so it collapsed. Uh, with the shed, uh, with the soil uh, on the side of the house. It pulled away from the house about two inches and the patio has sunk about four inches. My question is uh, should I just have the concrete broken up and put in a new one or would uh, one of the raising uh, companies be able to raise that more efficiently?
1: uh you are uh actually you're in remove and replace so tear it out and replace and it's the two inches away from the house that is the problem because raising the concrete's not a problem but having a step or a patio or something two feet away from the wall there's no attractive way to do that uh and fill that in and 20 years if you've already had settling of the soil uh i would advocate you know, dig up the concrete, look at the subgrade, get the gravel and the drainage correct and the slope for all of that and put that patio in correctly, you know, a step, especially if you have steps. So, yes, raising concrete up is not a problem, but moving it, you know, side to side is nigh on to impossible. So that's my answer, Gene. I think you're really the 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 better job will happen from remove and replace.
4: Okay. And could I ask a second question? Yes. Uh we have a on that same patio the doors mm-hmm. uh it's a patio door uh that's that opens to the inside and uh the the uh supports on the side are deteriorating
0: yeah.
4: uh, do I have to replace the whole thing or can is there a fix other than that
1: Uh you can cut the bottom of that door jam out uh if it's is it wood then
4: Yes, it
1: is. Yeah, you can cut up the four inches, six inches, eight inches. The problem with it is uh, when we do that, uh, it takes time. My, my point here, Gene, is when those doors are new – they get painted every place but on the bottom end grain of the brick mold or the side trim so the door jamb is raw wood on the bottom and the trim is raw wood on the bottom and it sits down on that new concrete when the house is built so that water just sucks up and wicks in there so you've got 20 years of of wet wood um I, Basically, with that patio, I would pull that patio door, consider replacing that patio door, and then here's the big deal flashing. Separating the water from the wood framing because uh, water gets into your band joist and the structure of the floor system on that house. So I would pull that door, flash it very thoroughly, repour that concrete patio and stairs. Take that opportunity. I wouldn't put the you know the repair into that door at 20 years. You're just at that age where a lot of things need attention. Uh, and if you if you do that repair now, it'll buy you two years, maybe three years, but then you're back again. Re- place in the door so it's kind of like you. you can control your timing but inevitably you're going to replace it okay Thank you very much. You bet, Gene. Good luck. And, and flashing, uh, I would have that conversation very clearly with the patio guys because it gets to termites. Uh, it gets to rotted wood, floor structure. And many, many times when we see this kind of movement, um, you know, that we underneath the threshold of that patio door, you open that up and it's pretty well been wet and, you know, sometimes rotted. Pretty badly at times, so I would uh take that opportunity for a little you know open cell surgery too okay, all right, thanks Gene. take care. All right, home improvement, Scott Mosby, KMOX, 314-436-7900, 800-925-1120. With all the rain we've had here, I promise you, water's been coming in from the top, the sides, the bottom. This time of year, it even comes up from the soil coming up. Scott Mosby, home improvement, back for more.
0: Welcome back to the Helotech Waterproofing Home Improvement Show, presented by Suburban Leisure Center, on Olive, one mile west of 141. Now, once again, Scott Mosby on KMOX.
1: All right, back together, home improvement. Uh, new front porches, entry to your home, a big smile on the front of your house. Or not. That's exactly what the front porch is. You've heard all the stories about down on the hill, where people will trim their glass, their grass with scissors, old school. You bet. Talk about pride of the world. Uh, typically, you go down to in that part of South City. You're going to see some front porches because they knew that the front porch was the face the smile or not the entry the welcoming wide open arms and a wonderful place to start the experience when somebody came by so you know thinking of that and coming forward to today still the same neighborhood is still just as tight and tough and and beautiful as you can imagine uh and think of why people put so much into the front well it's because it is the personality the smile or frown of your home. So it matters. Uh, 314-436-7900-800-925-1120. Uh, let's go to the phones and talk with Tom. Tom, good morning. Welcome to Cam Wax. How can I help, sir?
5: Yes, sir. Um, we just bought a condo, um, and we want to replace the sliding uh, patio door out uh-huh. onto a deck. It's an oversized opening, 95 inches wide by 80 inch tall. Okay. And we'd like to get one that has the uh, blinds inserted and cased in it. Yeah. And we're having a very difficult time finding someone that can, can provide that. Um, I didn't know if you had any suggestions. The only person that we found so far that can do that is Pella. Yeah. And they are quite expensive. I could buy a regular door and go to Europe. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah.
1: Well, the issue with Pella is if you get a – and here's, here's what you're faced with um, – then, it, it, an 8 foot door is 96 inches wide. So you're looking at an 8 foot patio door. 80 inches is a standard height. Um, nice the issue is you're either going to reframe the wall of your house to accept the door or you're going to custom make the door itself so when you get with a Pella product you're in a premium product to begin with then what's happening is you're custom making that door to the size and so it's doubly custom so that's what's happening with your Pella um, you're, you're going to pay either on uh, changing the wall of your house uh, reframing and changing that opening or the other way is, and beware of this, you can get quotes where people will say, yes, I can do it. You show up and then they build in so they made your door smaller so they could fit a stock door. Um, and right. that's a very unfortunate. sit. So beware of that. But you're going to pay one way or the other, either changing the opening or custom making the door. There are other companies than Pella that will custom make that door, but it's still a similar, you know, if their product's a dollar to custom make the size is going Going to be a dollar seventy, you know. it's just it, it, you know. They don't manufacture it. Then it's a one-off, custom-made, you know, almost piece of art, which is how it's priced out.
5: Right. I, I can't reframe it because the uh, association won't allow. The right. Opening. Opening right. changed.
1: Yeah, there there are other companies that will custom make it, but you're still going to pay you know a premium for that size. Um, and and frankly, I, I will tell you the the Pella is a beautiful product you, you get with the Pella, the Anderson, the Marvin. Marvin will make one as well. Um, okay. So anyway, yeah, they, Anderson
5: they, they, won't. They, yeah, they don't they do don't c- fit the size. Range.
1: Yeah, well, what? renewal by, by Anderson will kind of, I think.
5: Oh, okay.
1: But you're going to pay that, you know, that's the same as the pillow in the pricing situation. By the time you get to that end of the market, it's like, well, do you want a, you know, a BMW or or a Mercedes? It's like, well, they're different. (laughs) But you're you're still paying for the premium.
5: Yeah, right. Okay, bye. Thanks for the info. Yeah,
1: Tom, in that size, you're just kind of there um, and start looking at the options that you get with Pella because they're a lot when you're – the size is the size, so you're paying a premium to make it fit, Um, and if you don't make it fit – it's just going to be weird. So on a patio door, if it gets used a pretty good amount of time, then I would look in, make sure they're flashing that, how it, you know, they connect it at the bottom of the door sill and all. But uh, I wouldn't throw Pell out right away. You're, the pricing is there, uh, but you know, there are features that go with it as well.
5: The uh, the other option that we had thought about when we were trying to get away from the glare coming into the living room, yeah, is yeah. you know having a tent put on it. Yes, instead of the blinds. And then you get more reasonable, but I'm not sure that that does any good or not.
1: Well, now Pella, are you buying the? Did you get a quote with the blinds between the glass on the Pella? Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's like buying furniture. So I mean, yeah. you're you're. But see, on a door to door comparison, you know, a door could be four thousand, and the door with without the blinds could be twenty five hundred. So the blinds between the glass, you know, gets outside of the door budget and throws furniture in it Um, those are nice to have for sure no question about it Um, but you can also tempt the glass and the blinds but uh you know i've lived with the blinds between the glass and boy that lack of rattling bumping bouncing you know for 25 30 years you know yeah anyway i've not had anybody say you know i regretted my my better door So, so sometimes it's like you know Button up, buckle down, and right. get with it. So, okay. yeah, I I w- it. you're welcome, Tom. I would consider it. It's uh, when you get in those weird sizes, you know, your option. They're they're not a hundred people that can help you. They're three. Right. Yep.
5: Yeah, that's what I'm kind of finding everybody can do them except for the they can't do the whip. You know, yeah. with the
1: line. Yeah, and that's that's because they're stock sizes, and it's you know. It just is the way the market is. Fortunately, a few people do it, but because they have to kind of, you know, the way those windows and doors are made when you get to custom size, they come off the production line. They go over here, and Joe builds you a door, you know, so it's, it's priced accordingly because it takes so much more time than, you know, just
5: the factory cranking them out. Right. Okay all right and I have another option that doesn't look like
1: it <laughs> well there are other brand options that you can get to but by the time you get somebody building a specific size like that um, you know and then still you know they're they're making the glass to that anyway but I would not miss the opportunity to put uh, reflective glass technology on there and the blinds but the blinds between the glass are a significant part of that door
5: right oh yeah yep okay thank you
1: all right Tom good luck my friend Jud take it all right. Home Improvement, Scott Mosby, CableX. I'm a little lonely here in the studio. 314-436-7900-800-925-1120. If you all remember, um, if you don't know what blinds between the glasses that uh, Tom was talking about, what happened, um, and I'll give you uh, much ado about uh, history. Uh Pella Window Company used to be Pella Roll Screen, and the legal name of Pella is P-E-L-L-A, Pella Roll Screen Company. And the company was founded 100 years ago, roughly – for a roll screen, the bugs would get in the radiator of cars. So they had like a blind, a window blind, that would pull down a roll screen that's rolled up or down to cover the front of that radiator to keep the bugs out of the radiator and the cooling system working. Well, lo and behold, so you think about this uh, blinds between the glass and roll screens. So Pella started making roll screens where typically you can roll the screens down outside of the glass and then oh uh, many years ago they came up with the blinds between the glass which uh you know shades and all of that Uh, but one thing i will say about pellet doors on sliding patio doors the screen is on the inside of the door panel so when you go to wash windows it's very easy to wash windows but at night when you open up that screen to reach out and close that patio door, you've got a bug issue. So there's some really nice things that happen with that Pella window uh, or patio door, but one of the downsides unique to Pella is that screen rolls on the inside of the track, and therefore you have to open that screen. Bugs can come in at that point and make sure you turn the light off before you open that screen for you know 20 minutes. Otherwise, the bug's just all drawn to that glass that light and in you come 314-436-7900 toll-free 800-925-1120 if you're changing any kind of windows any doors any brand make sure that you are managing that water because for example uh, we were talking earlier on uh, gene had a sunken patio and was talking about his patio door well that joint between the concrete patio and as well as 20 years ago generally these doors and windows were not flashed we just stuck them in the opening um and you think about a windowsill or a door sill anything flat with perpetual rain that just rains and sits on that flat water will soak in that will indeed get saturated and so the door cells uh leak and and rot the windowsills leak and rot now we've learned to Manage the water since we know water comes through and past all siding which is really cladding. It's kind of a raincoat, but moisture does get behind that. We have to figure out a way to get rid of the water, drain the water from behind that siding, and therefore now down to the windowsill and door sill, you've got to flash that as well. Uh, it's no different than a shower because you have showers, you know, that we bathe in the, in the bathroom, but they're also showers for your home. It's getting a bath and a rainstorm as well. They better be as watertight as a shower indoors. 314 436 7900 5, My name is Scott Mosby. This is KMOX. We'll be right back.
0: Welcome back to the Helotech Waterproofing Home Improvement Show presented by Suburban Leisure Center on Olive, one mile west of 141. Now, once again, Scott Mosby on KMOX. All
1: right, Scott Mosby here. Thank you to my producer,
0: Alex Muskoff,
1: for keeping me live and lively in Mike Miller's words. So on the air, all the phone calls that come in go to that producer. Alex answers the phone and types your topic up on a computer screen. On that computer screen, I can see the name, um, pretty much where you're calling from, and a brief description of the topic. So let's get going and see what's happening and log in and talk to my friend Cynthia. Hey, Cynthia, Scott Mosby
6: here. How can I help? Hi, Scott. Um, we built a home nineteen and a half years ago, and they have the—I think you call them—the double hung windows where they okay. come down from the top and the bottom. Yeah. At what point do you realize or think have they improved that much? Is it time to replace windows?
1: Well, um, was this a custom built home or was it a tract home, Cynthia?
6: Um. Well. We don't know what brand the windows are. It it was a custom built. We got it from the ground up, but yet the plans were already there.
1: Okay. If that makes sense. Well, because they're, you know, it's kind of like, well, how much is a car? Well, you know, there's cars that get you from here to there. There are cars that have more power, cars that ride better. So the point is, is windows are not the same. So depending upon how nice your windows were, you kind of negotiate various um, uh, lives that go along with that. So 20 years, um, unless you stepped out and got some uh, great windows, and even even in the brands, like Chevrolet has many cars from the bottom of the price line to the top. You get to the Ford, then you get to the – you know. So even within various manufacturers, you've got your – we build this window for a dollar amount, and we engineer the the window, you know, basically engineer – features out until we get the price down low enough and then you've got the top of the line that has all the stuff in it and generally will last 40 50 years so anyway my point is that at 20 years it's time to start thinking about windows you'll know it when your insulated glass starts to fog and we had some of those questions here you know from <coughs> dan on the first call today yeah
6: um, i heard that and we do have some that it seems to be foggy not all of them but yeah. a few of them the ones that get really beat up with the heat yeah. You know, our sunroom belt as it is faces the west in the summertime.
1: Oh, boy. Yeah, yeah. Well, it, it may be time to uh, – I mean, you just really have to kind of figure it out. But right around 20 years, you know, the furnaces go. You know, the water heater has probably <clears> been <throat> replaced or about to be. Window and glass, insulated glass starts to give way. The, the weather stripping around the doors and windows, all that stuff starts – you know, and then the house starts moving around and aging like you and I do. So, you know, it gets its wrinkles and, and sags just and like – uh you know, Yeah yeah so so the window put in 20 years ago, it's in a different house. The house is no longer plumb level and square, so you know the windows are what they are um, anyway, I would and I consider can see the
6: difference too around where the caulking is in certain windows where it's inside where it has settled and it's pulling, so that can't be
4: efficient
1: yeah, and that, and that's kind of the game is do you, you know how long are you going to you know I guess uh, if if we visited our first question would be, how long are you going to be in the house? We
6: have no plans of moving. We're in the 60s. Well, I'm in my 60s, my husband is in the 70s, but as far as we can get up and down the steps, we're not planning on moving.
1: <laughs> yeah, that well. You know,
6: we live in Kirkwood, so I mean, you know, we're, we're, we don't plan on any time moving.
1: Yeah, well Kirkwood will repay you for those windows. So basically when you go to sell really? Kirkwood is a it's a desirable area, so better features in Kirkwood bring better prices. So right, right. You know, I think the choice is yours <clears throat> as to when you want to change those windows and, you know, limp along or get the new ones, but you, you can pick your poison as
6: to when you're gonna tackle that budget. Well, what, but what where can I find information? What questions do you need to ask regarding the person? you're going to, you know, get to bid it out. Is there any specific questions you need to ask?
1: Well, here, here's – oh, yeah, absolutely. There are people that um, – uh, it's kind of like uh, a car dealer. Uh, right. If you, if, you, if you go into, uh, you know, a Ford dealer, they're going to show you Fords. But if you go into uh, a company that doesn't necessarily represent just one window – It's like they'll put the window in that fits your house. So, you know, for example, you're you're welcome to call our company. We don't really have a one window or our favorite. Um, We buy enough windows to make it worthwhile on a volume level like that. But the point is, is... um, Uh, find somebody that will go on that journey with you and then work them for all you can. Ask them every question because even just the type of window, you know, do you want vinyl or wood, composite, fiberglass, all of, you know. So there are a lot of other options, Cynthia. So I would, you know, there's just a lot of questions.
6: Yeah, no, I'm not familiar enough to know you know you just call somebody and they give you a good price and you go ahead, put them in and that's not the way to do it for some investment right like there for your house so so yeah. okay all right so and, and the installation think about it the
1: installation yeah. matters a ton so uh you right. know putting in a great window the wrong way is still a bad job right so right.
6: all okay, right well thank you
1: you bet cynthia take care Ooh. bye Home Improvement, Scott Mosby, stay tuned, Hour 2 here on KMOX. Stay tuned, news, weather, and sports next.
0: KMOX at your service. Welcome to the Helotech Waterproofing Home Improvement Show, presented by Suburban Leisure Center on Olive, one mile west of 141. Now, here's your host, Scott Mosby, on KMOX.
1: And back together, Hour 2 on University of KMOX, lunchtime on the Home Improvement Show. This show has been going on for well over a half century, and I am the latest person to sit the seat. Uh, I know of at least four other people that did this before I was here on the KMWAC's Home Improvement Show. Now the Helitech Home Improvement Show, also sponsored with uh, participation from Suburban Leisure and uh, Patio, so great place for furniture and all kinds of other things as well. So if you're looking for outdoor which we all are, is that time of year, uh, check them out. It's a good place. And thank you all for joining me here on University of KMOX. Uh Also, um, there are various um, type questions that are going on here. One was, for example, uh, the last question was, how do I um, – Ask questions about windows. uh, What windows are, what questions are appropriate for shopping for windows? We have a great blog that addresses just that with a lot of pictures explaining what U factor is, R factor, coatings, low E, all of that callmosby.com. So check out the website, C-A-L-L-M-O-S-B-Y.com. Just log into callmosby.com and type in how to choose replacement windows. And this will come up. I checked it out and by golly, it's uh, we've got some great stuff there. And frankly, you're welcome to use this website however you choose because it's uh, it addresses that process. And it kind of gives you a great place to get You know, get rid of the fear. I I don't want to ask stupid questions, so I want to know enough about what I'm talking about just to know how to go about this interview. And that's a great place to start. And it's there because, frankly, the more confident, uh, you know, I am as a consumer, then, you know, the happier I'm going to be about usually the choice that I make. Uh, So you're welcome to visit that website. uh, And it is C-A-L-L. MOSB will like telephone, call Mosby.com. 314 436 7900 puts us together today, eight hundred nine two five eleven twenty. 925 1120. My name is Scott Mosby. Um, I own Mosby Building Arts. We were founded in 1947. We're 70 plus years old, we're a third generation. And uh, we are very uh, well regarded and active in the Better Business Bureau here in St. Louis, and nationally uh, quite well regarded as well because uh, You know, frankly, any place we can learn anything, no matter where it is on the globe, we've been there and we record it and then we bring it back and we train it to our coworkers who likewise enjoy that stuff, too. Uh, Likewise, we wind up to be pretty good problem solvers, whether it's uh, solving a design problem or a leak problem or a foundation or settling or whatever. We know who to call because we know, you know, who's uh, the best in their business. Uh, So that's kind of how we have evolved over the years. And uh, anyway, it's Mosby Building Arts. You're welcome to call us. The number there is 909-1800, 909-1800. If you can hear my voice, we serve that area. Um, Website, as I mentioned, call Mosby. Uh, Let's go to the phone lines here and talk with Brad. Hey, uh, Brad, thanks for lunch on KMOX, and how can I help you this fine day?
7: Hey, Scott. Thanks for taking my call. Uh, yeah. You seem like the perfect person to answer this question on the low e-glass. Mm-hmm. Uh, I hear nothing but uh, discussions of that and how it helps reduce the heat gain. Mm-hmm. But uh, we live in an area, it seems like, where it's kind of balanced between uh, air conditioning and heating. And mm-hmm. I enjoy the heat gain that I get out of my windows during the winter time. Uh-huh. If I put low e-glass on, it, which is doing the most effect to my bills, the, the lack of heat gain or the improvement in the heat gain of having regular glass?
1: Well, the funny thing about it is it's two different kinds of, uh, of heat. Um, so, frankly, what it repels, if you have a low-E glass, the solar heat tends to stay out on the outside. But once you once you warm the house, the heat stays on the inside as well. So that reflection actually works double ways. The reality is you spend a little bit more in St. Louis on air conditioning than we do in heating. And, and that's why if you've got north-south and east-facing windows, it's not, you know, then what you're saying is kind of true. Is like, I kind of like the heat. In the winter, so that that's kind of a wash. The morning sun isn't that intense, but when you have west-facing glass, anything you can do to cut down on that severe, because it doesn't cut all of it out, um, but it does... Um, It lets the visible light in on both situations, but it repels that direct solar uh, gain. And your west-facing windows are suitable for the uh, low-E glass. So I'm a fan of the low-E, but because of the colors and the costs and the differences, I don't go there right away. I have to see, you know, from your point of view, it's like there has to be enough benefit on an uncomfortable basis that I'm willing to go to that next level.
7: Okay, well, uh, thank you for that. And just uh, for your information, you talked about the reflectivity yeah. causing problems with siding. There's a really interesting uh, Ask This Old House episode where they oh. address exactly that for a lady that was melting her own siding because of right angled walls with a low E glass window. Isn't that amazing? Yes. I, I mean, the smarter
1: it. we get, we make new, tro- new problems. It's, uh, it's like, well, you, of course we do. <laughs> Yeah, interesting how the better the technology doesn't always result in improvements. So, you know.
7: Well, thank you so much for your insight.
1: You bet. Okay, thanks. Appreciate it. Thanks, Brad. Yeah. Off we go. Uh, let's talk to Jan, see what's cooking here on Cam uh, Wix. How can I help you, Miss Jan?
8: Hi. Uh, thank you so much. I appreciate um, you having this show every Saturday. It's awesome. Um, I. I live in about a 50-year-old house. I've only been here three years. Um, and the house, the overhang, um, I think that's called the, the um, soffit. Uh-huh. Um, and across the back of my house, I notice that it's leaking, um, kind of coming over the side of the gutter. And it, when I go outside, it looks like the soffit is sagging a little bit. Okay. And I also noticed the end of the guttering towards the end of the house is kind of pulling away from the house. So I'm wondering if that isn't all kind of related. Is that something that, and obviously you're not able to see it and be able to tell me, but is that something that can be repaired or am I looking at replacement?
1: Uh, no, that's usually a replacement, uh, and I can see it. Uh, I have seen it. I'm a visual processor is my primary mental thinking mode. Um, and what happens is at 50 years, the wood kind of dries out, the nails mm-hmm. kind of, you know, the, which means that the wood moves away from around the shaft of the nails, holding the gutter on. The top of the gutter gaps out a little bit, and as uh-huh. the rain comes down your shingles off the roof, they actually, there's a thing called surface adhesion, to where until it really gets to be a slope, uh, that water will actually roll around the underside of your shingle and crawl uphill until finally it just gets to a point it won't do that anymore. Well, sometimes that's behind the gutter. Okay, And and you wind up, so basically it's putting the gutters back on, re-secure, you can't stick them back in the same holes, those holes are too big. Uh, Mm -hmm. So generally it's uh, an inspection to see what it is, but at 50 years you may be new gutters, but generally it's repairable. And then sometimes on some real, uh, you know, slope, not too steep roofs, like where you might have a pretty flat roof for a patio or something like
8: that. Mine is not real
1: steep. That's the problem. That water will come underneath the underside. Then you need a special piece of flashing to make sure the water makes it into the gutter. Okay. Which is either... I'm not
8: sure how long that's been on there. I'm sure with a 50-year-old home, it wasn't original to the house, I wouldn't think. Right. But, yeah. Okay.
1: Well, even so, this, that's one of those things that, well, the easiest way to put a roof on is a real flat one. Well, it comes with mm-hmm. all kinds of other issues. This is one. And when you get ice and snow, you know, you have the same issue where the water comes back underneath the shingles. Then it freezes, and that's the beginning of an ice dam. And then that pulls the gutters away even more, so every year it gets right. a little bit worse. So you're yeah, ready for I a house have- call
8: okay I did have my roof replaced last fall and the company that i I had do it does have that membrane that comes yeah. up from the surface or, or from the edge of the roof up I don't know I don't remember how many feet it was three feet or something so I uh, yeah. did opt to uh, to upgrade to that because I know that's very important
1: well that protects so. the house but it doesn't mm-hmm. uh, uh, now but that laps. Be- for the this- No, because that can lap sometimes down behind the gutter, or and this is where that membrane may need a second flap put on it so that the water coming off the shingles actually dumps into the gutter and not follows that membrane around under and behind the gutter.
8: Okay, because I did notice the other day when it was raining real hard out my back bedroom window, which is where it's leaking, there's a a concrete windowsill there. Yes, and it, the rain was coming down in between where I could see like uh, through the fascia and yeah. dripping down onto that windowsill. So I definitely need to have somebody come out pretty soon yeah. to look at that. Is that something that Mosby does, or
1: oh yeah? Yeah. Or
8: not. E- it is. Yeah. Okay. E- yeah,
1: even if it's something we don't do, we will refer you out. So, you know, really okay. inspecting and advising is rule number one for us because proposing the wrong fix to the right problem doesn't help the consumer. So we want to make sure we're sending the A team to the A problem.
8: Right. Okay. Yeah. Okay, awesome. Well, thank you so much. I really appreciate the information.
1: Okay, well, Jan. Take care. Thank
8: you. Uh huh. Right. You too. Bye.
1: Home Improvement, Scott Mosby, KMOX. This is the Helitech Home Improvement Show, sponsored in part by Suburban Leisure and Lawn. Scott Mosby, we'll be right back after this. All right, back together, home improvements. Scott Mosby, we are live and lively until 1 o'clock today. Stay tuned, lots of fun all day long on University of KMOX. Phone lines are open, and I've got quite a few open for you. 314 436 7900, toll free 800 925 1120. 800 925 1120. Uh, First up, let's see uh, about John. Hey, John, good afternoon. Welcome to lunch on KMOX. How can I help?
3: Hey yes, it is a beautiful afternoon out here. Great day to work. Yes, sir. Uh, finally. <laughs> just real quick. Yeah, finally. I'm getting ready to go over and bid out a, a painting of a bad. Let's see, a kitchen ceiling, and it's uh-huh. been replastered with all new plaster because it's an old home. Uh-huh. Uh, what kind of primer would you use? And I know it's going to the first that's going to suck up a lot, take a lot of that gallon or two. But uh, what what brand do I need to use with fresh plaster?
1: Well, with fresh, fresh plaster, you jet. Ge- You have to let it go for a while because it's very alkali, and the chemicals in that plaster will be um, not very conducive to any kind of a paint or primer, uh, so I would leave it alone for 30 days. That may not be make people happy, but uh, uh, I would at least wait two weeks to three, but a month is the recommended uh, time to really let it dry. It's kind of like coating concrete. It's just like a concrete. You don't want to seal it until at least 30 days because there's still stuff coming out of the concrete. Plaster's is the same. There's still stuff coming out of the plaster. Uh, my favorite primer on raw plaster, new plaster is typically the solvent-based version of KILZ, K-I-L-Z. That's because it's pretty much a chemical primer. Um, There are some acrylic and latex products, but they're... Um, You have to get to the very top end. Sherwin-Williams has some products that are very premiums for just the uh, primer over plaster, but still, I'd stay with the kills, and because of that, you'll know it. The more solvent-based, smelly, stinky, uncomfortable it is, the better it is over plaster.
3: Yeah, solvent would mean non-latex.
1: Non-latex, yes, sir, there are some, but you have to get to the rocket you know scientist end of those products, and you know I just like the old school kills, basically, they used to put uh, shellac over them, so the old school you know painters would wait a month, put shellac over it, and then uh, pri- and then do the painting over the top. They literally would uh you know use a product that chemically was fine with
3: plaster. Yeah, this is a real estate situation where they're trying to get the home on the market, so I'm going to have to really sell to my friend and the realtor on that. Yeah, it's just another example why your show is so great. I didn't have any idea about that, and I ended up calling you about one thing, and you sure. brought up something I wasn't even thinking about. I would have put that on tomorrow, and it would have been peeling, so I appreciate that. Always appreciate well, you and your show.
1: Thanks, John. Well, I've made all these, prob- all these mistakes before, so just think of me as your accelerated mistake guy. How's that?
3: Hey, thank you. Appreciate it. <laughs> Learn from others' mistakes. That's a sign of intelligence.
1: Hey, Amen. I got it there. Thanks for thank the call, for John. It. Okay. Bye, bye now. Home improvement. Scott Mosby, that, that's one of the things like you know so much. How do you know so much? It's like I've made a lot of mistakes. You know, that's called experience. We no longer make those same mistakes. So the more mistakes you can have faster the more experience, knowledge, and reliability gets engineered into that process. So that's where experience and and years in business kind of matter because, you know, the problems and mistakes my dad had 65 years ago, I still remember some of those things, and, you know, we – build things differently than we did because of what we learned then uh phone lines 314-436-7900-800-925-1120 uh, let's see what's happening with my friend dave hey dave scott mosby here good afternoon how can i help
9: hi scott i'm um, uh first of all big fan of you guys you did a, a tremendous job uh, replacing my bathroom uh at my house just just fantastic high quality work thank you so, so the one reason i called is i'm, I'm looking at uh, building a, a wood rack and uh-huh. suspending it from the floor joists in my basement. It's going to be for light wood, trim boards, things like that. But what's your thoughts on doing something like that?
1: Uh, it's pretty easy because of your weight. Now, be aware, Dave, that, you know, Twelve pieces or fifteen pieces of lightweight trim still get to be some pretty good uh, uh, weight, uh, but it doesn't take a whole lot. There are some metal brackets that you can buy at the hardware store or home center that are kind of U channels with uh, U's on them. You can nail between or screw between the joists. Uh, yeah. I've also seen two by fours coming straight down and another one horizontally, and I've seen ladders literally that were hanging from the ceiling. So you know the two and three eighths trim was on top. The you know three and a quarter crown. Was here and the baseboard at four and a half was down there, so you can modular those um, um, or compartmentalize those ladders if you want to hang them down. But it's not
6: my,
9: my doesn't my take a lot of structure. Was was hanging it actually from the floor joist. There's no issues with the weight. No, okay.
1: no, no, not okay. at all. Because those uh, typically a floor is engineered for 40 pounds per square foot, and that's called live load. Well, live load is somebody walking, jumping, bouncing, or kid jumping off the couch. Okay. So. They're they're pretty solid, uh, um, and, and if you think about you know a waterbed or a refrigerator, a refrigerator per square inch is heavier than anything because a waterbed spreads that weight out over a whole thing. We don't really use many of those anymore. Right. But the point right. being is a lot of weight. Uh, those those floors are engineered for that.
9: Okay, that was my biggest concern was the weight of. It. I'd seen it in homes before, and I was I was. Getting ready to do it, and it's like I better call Scott and see if you know if there's a weight issue or something like that.
1: Well, one thing that gets really important when we get into. Um, um Uh, Fish tanks. You get some of these big marine tanks, and you get, you know, three feet, four feet tall, you know, four feet around. You know, you're talking, you know, tons of water. Then we're into reinforcing the floor. Until you're getting something that concentrated and heavy in the middle of the span between the steel and the foundation, then there's a little extra. But, you know, even framing lumber hanging from the ceiling, I think you'd have a hard time overloading.
9: Okay. All right. Yeah. I, I don't have a whole lot. It's just been in my way over the years. I, I use it periodically and I just want to store it. I don't want to get rid of it, you know.
1: Boy Dave, you're in the you're in the same projects I'm doing. That's the same kind of stuff I'm what's been laying around and hasn't oh, but I'm yeah, throw it out. no, I'll I'll build I'll get it up. Yeah. Well, welcome to my world. Thank you. <laughs> All
9: right. Hey, I appreciate it.
1: All right. Thanks, Thanks Dave. Appreciate it. Home improvement, Scott Mosby, KMOX. Uh, 30 more minutes, folks. You want to get your question in? Now is the time. 314-436-7900, 436-7900, 800-925-1120. Also, thank you to Dave, uh, noting uh, thanks to the Mosby Building Arts, my coworkers. Uh, and I really want to put a uh, a thank you out to the people that are keeping our world running. There are people that are stocking our grocery shelves. People that are picking up the trash and the recycling, the lawn waste, uh, just taking care of business, the municipalities. If you think about the building inspectors, the home inspectors, somebody, you know, so we call for a permit and then somebody's got to come look at. So there are people that are going out of their way and they're doing the best they can to socially distance and, and keep themselves as safe as possible. But still, they're out. Keeping the world turning and our economy running as much as possible. So please, uh, you know, take your masks with you. Realize that the weakest link is, you know, the risk that we shake. You know, we share. So uh, don't be the weakest link and make sure it's not just you we're worried about. It's the people that are older, a little more susceptible around us. So uh, show some some compassion there. Uh, 314-436-7900. Toll free, 800-925-1120. I'm going to take a short pause and come back for more right after this. All right. And we have 30 more minutes of the Home Improvement Show, the Helitech Home Improvement Show. Indeed, we are live and lively right here. And, man, I'll tell you what, if you thought it's getting green and pretty right now, just wait a few more days when the summer heat starts hitting and we hit those 80s. And Remember the warm temperatures we had a little while ago? All right, so now we've got saturated soil. The soil is just ready to grow. The plants, you think they're out now, wow, wait, another week or two, everything's going to grow. And all you uh, allergy uh, uh, aficionados, we'll call it, <laughs> Here it comes. Uh, 314-436-7900-800-925-1120. We've got some time, and I've got phone lines. Bring it on, folks. We're all together here on the studio. Right now, let's talk to my friend Kathleen. Hey, Kathleen, good afternoon. How can I help?
10: Hi, Scott. I have a question about what to paint my 80-plus-year-old concrete floor with. It has a mishmash of coatings already on there, maybe um, the original oil paint, uh, some of the concrete's a little crumbly and a little powdery, and some latex paint from prior attempts.
1: Oh, my. What do I do? Um, First off, whatever you do to put anything over it, you have to strip and grind off away down to bare concrete. So all of those previous coatings must, must, must be gone. Um, in order for any coating to have a chance to stick to the concrete and be worth your time and expense. Okay. Um, So the problem is that's that's the problem. It's like any other paint coating. You know, they're the people that just put paint on it, and then the people that prepare the surface and really, you know, primer it, make it ready to stick and last.
10: Right. Okay. Now, the traffic down there is at a minimum. All Mm -hmm. I do is go down... And do the laundry, and then on occasions for holidays, I have my things stored down there. So there's a lot less foot traffic than normal basements might get. Yes, if I
1: don't well, do the, all the eighty this. years old, eight, the eighty year old. I don't know what's been down on there. Uh, you can indeed. Can you scrape the floor? What, how clean can you get it, Kathleen? Oh, I've
10: I've gotten it pretty darn clean. I've used a brush mm-hmm. with some. And scrubbed it with the brush, a floor brush, and pine saw, less oil, and it's
1: kind of squeaky clean. Have you scraped it to where you're trying to, you know, scrape off the old paint?
10: I have not done that. And honestly, I didn't want to put that much effort in it (laughs) in areas that uh, nobody will walk but maybe a spider or, or me
1: barefooted. Well, let me ask you, here's, here's the answer. Um, without the preparation, it's not going to work real well. As low traffic as you have, it's already, I mean, how ugly is it right now if you've got all these different uh, things on it? Oh, it's pretty darn ugly. Well, you have nothing to lose then. I mean, if if you put a new coating over and it turns out pretty for a while and ugly later, then you're just, you know, I mean, at least you're buying some time. There there are some pretty decent water-based paints uh, that do have a chance at, at paint, you know. But I, I would still uh, take a scraper, you know, just like a, st- a stiff putty knife with a sharp edge and knock it to see if there's anything loose because you want to knock loose whatever. And there also, uh, there's kind of a hole product that's straight. You know what I'm talking about? Like a garden hoe that has a 90 degree blade. There's- okay. There's a tool that has a straight. It's a big stand-up striper, so you can do this from a standing position. But personally, for me, I'd spend an hour down there scraping just to see if, I, if it's hard to get the stuff off. That's good news. Then you can go ahead and clean and paint it. But if it starts okay. chipping up real easily, then you're just going to put new color over the top, and it'll just uh, um, fall off. So I, I'd give it a try.
10: Okay, well, what are those, name some of those water-based paints that you would recommend?
1: Well, frankly, it's on the retail end of the market where our painters won't even mess with it. They, They won't touch a floor unless they can pellet blast it and really make it. Stick. So I'm unfamiliar with those. Uh, I would go to a professional paint store, you know, Benjamin Moore, Sherwin Williams, somebody like that, and and take some photographs. Just take your phone with you and say, This is, you know, this is what we're talking about. And I'm just trying to make it better. I talked to Scott Mosby, told me this and this and this, (laughs) and see what they can set you up with because a picture's worth a thousand words. And those guys are semi chemists as well. Okay. Thank you so much. You bet. Take care then. All right, Kathleen. Thank you. All right. Bye now. Home Improvement, Scott Mosby, X. Let's see what's happening with my buddy, uh, Tom. Hey, Tom. Good afternoon. Welcome to X How can I help?
7: Uh, I might have the same problem that the uh, woman was just talking about. I have a patio yeah. that's had all kinds of uh, paint on it, uh, and I've tried to uh, get it down to uh, the concrete. I've used uh, paint uh, uh, remover on it. I've used uh, stripper on it to get... As much of the paint off of the surface, there has been a little bit of rubber on it, too, from a rug that was on there. But uh, I've got it down. I used one of those scrapers you were talking about. uh, I've used a power, not actually a power hose, but a a nozzle that's pretty powerful, Mm -hmm. and it's taken most of it off. But after about a year, the great paint I used uh, has peeled off, and it's almost half of it's disappeared. It seems like it's worn into certain spots.
1: Yeah, well, that that if you paint it again, that's what you're going to face again because the concrete inside with Kathleen, she's at least got a pretty dry floor. There's still moisture coming up from the floor, you know, under the concrete, but still, you know, as ugly as that is, she's got nothing to lose outside. um, Even if it was raw, brand new concrete, um, I would suggest staining the concrete rather than painting it because the paint will just fall off because the moisture underneath that concrete and in the concrete when you get it in the sun or the heat it just boils and steams out and takes the paint with it so outdoors uh, coating is a is a very risky thing to start and even on the epoxy coatings with the pebble tech type products those are kind of tough too so you know even in a swimming pool they get readdressed about every five years
7: okay so, so some kind of a stain?
1: Well, you're not going to get a stain now because you've got so many things that have literally what's called contaminated the surface. You know, right. you've got some paint that's soaked in here and some adhesive that's soaked in there, so stain won't go on. The only choice you've got is to keep putting paint on it and watching it peel off a year later. There's, <laughs> I'm serious. There's no. Now, you can put kind of a ceramic-type product on it, but, uh, you know, there's a pellet blast, which is basically a big... Hoover snout-like vacuum cleaner that takes steel shot, just like from a shotgun shell, and just blows it down on the concrete, literally knocks off the top 16th of an inch on the concrete, opens up the pores, gets rid of all that old stuff that's contaminated the surface. That's how the pros go at it for doing a warehouse floor or, you know, a bay in in a gas station and things like that.
7: Okay, well, I guess I'll go get some paint.
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah, just don't expect a whole lot more out of it, Tom. What you know, you're into this yearly dance, and uh, you know, kind of is what it is. Just like you and Kathleen.
7: Okay, Scott, appreciate, it. thanks.
1: All right, you're welcome, sir. Let's take a short pause and come back for more on University of KMOX. My name is Scott Mosby. We'll be right back. Oh, isn't it a nice day? Oh, yeah, the, yeah, spring and fall is just grand. Beautiful day here in the middle part of the country. Uh, bring it on. Whether you're in Illinois, Indiana, up in Chicago, or out in Kansas City, we're all sharing this KMOX Radio signal, just as we have for the last almost 100 years. Phone lines are open. I'm a little lonely sitting here in this room, 314-436-7900, 314-436-7900, and toll-free 800-925-1120. If you've got a question and you've been waiting, I think I'll call Scott. On. This is the time, and the radio is the place. So let's do it. Uh, we have a uh, uh, we had a lot of questions on windows, low e glass, uh, and the coatings, the various things. There's a blog on callmosby.com that we did uh, some oh year or so ago, how to choose the right replacement window. It explains the glass coating, the visible light, how it rejects the flow, solar heat on the outside. It starts to ex- you know explain some of those things. So, you know, the question was uh, earlier with Cynthia in the top of the hour, she lives in Kirkwood, new windows. How, how did, What questions would she ask? Uh, well, it explains what the U-factor is, uh, visible transmittance, VT, uh, solar heat gain, all that stuff, where the various coatings are, ear leak. Anyway, it gives you a picture of all the things on the window. And it's just a great place to get familiar with some of the terms. Uh, and it's, you know, yet, uh, these are generic terms, so there's not, brand names in there so it's kind of interesting with that uh, also the types of window what an awning window a hopper window a casement sliding double hung single hung all those types of things but you're welcome to get in and see you know what that is or uh, you know how to go about designing what questions to ask on a front entry if you're doing a bathroom you know what uh, the bathroom trends are and you can go in realizing well I like this I don't want that uh, wow what was that thing I saw in the picture et cetera, et cetera. Uh, let's see. Uh, let's go to the phones now and talk to Mike. Mike, good afternoon. Welcome to CamOX. How can I help,
11: sir? Hey, good afternoon. Um, I have a paper stone patio, the kind that look like little blocks of different sizes, okay. and um, I'd like to seal it. But I understand it's better to acid wash it first. And I definitely want to do that this go-around because there are some things that were tracked onto it, like uh, we had some stonework done on the fireplace, and some of the mason got uh, tracked a little bit. A lot of that's washed away with the acid rain, but there's still some spots. Also, some de-icer that was thrown out had some blue stain in it, which stained some spots. Yeah. And I power washed those off, but, of course, now those little spots are cleaner than the rest. So I'm yeah. thinking acid washing might give me a more little, little more uniform look before I go ahead and seal with, like, a gator. Uh, Gator dust type of, uh, not dust, but the Gator um, waterproof sealer.
1: Yeah. Uh, I I would go ahead, uh, Mike. I I would give it a bath. Uh, And I do understand the acid now. But the acid will only address the mortar stains. It will not do anything for the rest of the concrete. Okay. So be aware that, you know, wherever those footprints or the mortar droppings or whatever, that... uh, um, That will get better because it it basically chemically dissolves the cement um, inside that mortar. Uh, But I would literally um, give it a bath. I'd I'd probably pressure wash it. The problem is if you don't go about it the right way, you'll have strips of light and dark like you've already kind of, excuse me, uh, mentioned. But the cleaner you get it, the better it is. I would not necessarily... Seal it for moisture, but if you're getting droppings and stains, that is the one time that I do like um, pavers to be sealed is because it does isolate pretty much the bird droppings, the stains, the mortar, you know, the oak leaves and all of that. So um, I see. But dry it off. The problem with pavers is they never really dry because the moisture will continue to wick from underneath up through it, which is the, lo- the argument against pa- uh, sir- uh, sealing pavers.
11: Ah, I did not know that. I just assumed that since it was a stone-type product, just like my concrete driveway, it was better for longevity to go ahead and seal it. So um, yeah. it's not, not even really necessary, apparently, because what I have is polymeric sand down, between these stones and a lot of that has come up because of power washing so i may just replace it with regular sand oh i'd
1: put no i 'd put the polymeric down again i wouldn 't worry about it uh, i I have pavers, and you know just the realization every three to five years you know that that polymeric you know it 's not mortar it 's just a sticky kind of sand, but I do put the polymeric back in there but i 'll blow it out about a half an inch with a uh, prower washer, wait till it dries, sweep it back in, and then moisture it in and sweep it and clean it.
11: Very good. All right. So no more staining the paver stones, I mean, uh, sealing, but I probably should continue to seal my driveway on a regular basis just to preserve its longevity. Is that correct?
1: Absolutely. Yes, sir. And again, just like you're thinking with the paver, you know, the cleaner, the better. It's like, well, do I put my uh, deodorant on first or should I take a shower before then? It's like, well, give your your driveway a bath before you put the sealer on.
11: Yeah, I definitely always power wash before I seal. So all right. Very good. Thank you so much. I appreciate it.
1: Okay, Mike. Thanks for the call.
11: Mm-hmm. Right. Bye-bye.
1: Bye now. Uh, next up, let's talk to my friend Nancy. Hey, Nancy, Scott Mosby here. How can I help you?
6: Hi,
11: buddy. I
6: got a question on uh, – I have a Federal Pacific breaker box. Uh-huh. The house was built in 1979, and I okay. had an electrician here jumping off of it put a dehumidifier down in my crawl space, and he said they were unsafe, unsafe and needed to be replaced.
1: Uh, the answer is yes and no. Not all federal Pacific panels are dangerous and need to be replaced. The problem is there are only a few of them that aren't. So the public, if you go to sell your house, I guarantee they that the buyer will make you replace that panel. So although there are a few panel boxes that are safe in the federal Pacific line, um, I, from a consumer and safety standpoint, I'm right with your electrician, and you know the rule on the street is replace all Federal Pacific panels, uh, and that that still is today. So I, I agree with that advice.
6: What would the cost be? Something. That
1: depends on the panel. You're a couple thousand dollars. You might be 1300 for a small. The problem is you're going to buy a new panel and a lot of labor one way or the other. So buying a bigger panel is a little more expensive, but it's the first show up, disconnect and reconnect, the labor and all. All you're going to pay pretty much is kind of the difference in materials to go to a larger electrical panel size. And the electrician will go through that with you because they'll look at your panel. They'll look at the load. You know, if if you're running an industrial blast furnace with your electricity, you'll need a bigger panel. But if you're just, you know, running a dehumidifier by your bed, you probably won't need a whole lot of panel. You see what I mean?
6: Yeah. I know, um, like, different breakers, like, it'll run something in the bedroom and all the way outside to an outside, you know, box out there. It's like, I don't know if it's wired wrong.
1: Well, it's wired the way it was wired. A new panel and a bigger panel will not fix that. Because if you have, for example, in your body, you have your veins and your arteries. If you put a bigger heart in there, you still can't get any more blood through it than those little pipes called veins and arteries get it. So wherever the wiring goes in your house, having a bigger source in the panel doesn't change those funky circuits that just misbehave as they do. Um, so yeah, be just be aware but from a safety standpoint, I mean, what if you're wrong about those panels? So generally, um, you know, there there is a website called Is My Panel Safe on the website on the internet. Um, so ismypanelsafe.com you know, www.ismypanelsafe.com, and it'll give you those numbers. But the reality is, any real estate agent, any electrician, and, and especially any home inspector will just say, No, nah, change that panel. We don't want to assume any risk or take the risk, frankly.
6: What is the risk? A fire? Or?
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you've got an old big breakers. Uh, Federal Pacific um, made what's called a narrow line breaker to where you could put two skinny breakers uh, in one big fat one. So you get two circuits instead of one. Well, those had some problems. And, and so the breakers are some problems. They're just old. They do wear out, uh, you know, just like knees and hips and ankles on us. Uh, just be aware that. um The public perception is they're bad panels, so generally you're going to replace it sooner or later, and I'd rather pick my time and place when I do that size work. Okay. Yeah, I think you're getting good advice, frankly.
6: All right. Well, thank you, sir.
1: And the risk is fire.
6: Okay. (laughs) Call call
1: your local fire department. They'll get on their hands and knees and say, please, please, please change that panel. We don't want to drag your body out later.
6: (laughs) There you go. All (laughs) right. Thanks. All right. Have a great day.
1: Thank you for the call. And again, uh, thanks. Uh, they got a little help from our friend, uh, actually, Tim Wallach, part of Mosby Building Art, uh, texted me the ismypanelsafe.com. Uh, thanks, Tim. Appreciate the help. A little help from my friends. Uh, and, and that's an example of Mosby Building Arts. Um, you know, I can't remember that piece. Tim knows it. Uh, so thank you. Uh, great week to, this week. We've got good weather till we get up to Wednesday. Get your fun in before then. Uh, that, and realize, boy, howdy, when that weather gets a little warm, you think it's green now. Just wait a little bit. Stay tuned here. KMOX, great day here on University of KMOX. Scott Mosby, see you next week.